This is the Teaching Primary Music Podcast, where you will learn effective, tried and true methods to teach children the gospel of Jesus Christ through music. I am Courtney Ekman. And I am Charlotte Dance. Today we're going to talk about concrete ideas for the younger primary children, ages three to seven. In the next episode, we'll go over ideas for older primary children. So, Sharla, I'm a brand new primary chorister, and I love this idea of teaching in multiple ways, and I want to teach my younger primary children. Where do I begin? So maybe what you do is you take the song and you go, okay, over three weeks, I'm going to use three different kinds of intelligences to teach this song. So the first week, I'm super comfortable with visuals, so instead of showing flip charts, I'm gonna cut them up into puzzles, but just three pieces per puzzle and put them up on the board and tap a child on the shoulder and say, as I sing this song, can you help me put these five puzzles together? And I just tap a child, tap a child, tap a child, they come up and they kind of don't know what they're doing. It does help if you draw a little square that they're putting it in. Um, The older children get it. The seven and six-year-olds really get it. The three-year-olds just put a piece up. And you'll find if you get two or three kids up there at once, and an older child and a younger child, they will take the younger child's hand and move it to where it's going. Do you have any experience with that? Yes, and I, I, the younger kids, even though they don't quite get it, they're just so excited to participate. And their images, once the puzzles come together, you can see them lock in. But even just, to, I have a four-year-old that you tap on him and he'll just move a piece from one end of the chalkboard to the other and an older kid will come up on another turn, uh-huh. which is fine. We just kind of keep going, uh-huh. right? But they're in it. They're so engaged. They're trying to figure out what is going on, what's coming together yes. here. And why that works, you're not doing anything with words. You're doing stuff with engaging them, is you're singing the song four and five times and they're hearing where the beats lie, they're hearing where the words lie, and they don't even know it. Their little map inside their head is going on and you don't even know it. And they're making more connections than you think, right? Oh, like, tons well, let's say we'll build an arc for a song from the friend mm-hmm. and you're putting pictures up of Noah. You don't need to go and explain, this is Noah and here's what he did. Mm-hmm. They will make those connections. They might not make them right in that moment, but their brain will work overtime as they sleep and as they hear other stories. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go, oh, Noah, I know what those images look like because mm-hmm. they studied them during your singing time. And they don't even know that they studied them. One of the things that we know about brain development is that children take visual images that they've interacted with. They have to interact with it. And they start to process and gain meaning from it. That's how younger children learn. It's amazing. Okay, so here we are the next week. You've done that one week with the song. And so the next week, you want to get them moving. You have to get younger children moving because they're so close to everything they did was moving, walking, crawling, eating, you know, putting everything in their mouth, learning how to run, learning how to skip. They really need to move. So you do something like um, maybe sway and freeze, which sounds hard. It's super easy. You know, um, uh, sway this way with your arms, sway that way with your arms. I lived in heaven, a sway, 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 freeze. And they're like, freeze. And it takes them a while to stop their hands. And then they're looking at you. And then you live there and love there with people I know. And you're swaying at the same time. So did you, freeze. And then sometimes you turn your hands all the way up and around. And they're like, whoa, whoa. And again, they're doing it and not realizing that they're hearing the song. And 
you might even not know that they're hearing the meter of the song because you're swaying to it and you're freezing. And that's one of the best ways for the brain to go, what, what, what just happened is to freeze. And they're doing so much more than you think because, like I learned from you, they're crossing that dividing center line. There's a midline. You want to tell us a little bit more about why going in circles and moving from one side of your body to the next is important? <laughs> you have a little regulator right on the top of your head. It's kind of deeper in than just on the top. It's called corpus callosum. One side runs the left side and one side runs the right side and they have to talk to each other. And there is a membrane actually that, that sends signals across. Children who don't learn how to cross that midline don't read well, don't walk well, don't follow instructions well. And so when you move your body from one side to the other side, swaying in front or, or going around in a circle, all of a sudden the corporal colossum wakes up and goes, whoa, whoa, what just happened? Okay, over here, oh, over here. And then you freeze. And then, okay, what now? Okay, let me work, let me work. And one of the things that they're finding is musicians who use both sides of their body, like pianists, violin, they always do better on SAT tests and ACT tests because that, that it, it's a connector, it's a talker, it's a communicator, and it can communicate both sides of the brain so much faster. There you go. You're making everybody smarter. <laughs> <laughs> You're providing such a necessary service on so many levels. That's right. Okay, so that was one week, and you've already had the puzzles, and then you've done Sway and Freeze, and then you're going to do the song again another week, and you probably want to focus on something musical. One thing that you can do with that is Magic Paintbrush. Have you ever done Magic Paintbrush or Magic Crayon? Have you ever done that? I one? have. Okay. Um, so, well, how did you do it? So Magic Crayon, I'm not very good at this one. It doesn't speak to me like some ah, of the other ideas do, but I know it's so good for the children. So even though I struggle with it, I do it anyway. Okay. But you start to draw a picture in the, the air. in the air, and you say, I am drawing this beautiful, uh, let's say you're doing baptism, and I like to look for rainbows, and um, a rainbow, and look at my gold sparkle as I draw across and you, you say, can you draw too? And, they, and, then you you, and then you sing and you start to say, and then you freeze. Oh yeah. Let, let you better do this one. This really <laughs> isn't my forte, <laughs> but I try because I trust you. <laughs> so I have a magic crayon in my pocket. I'm going to put some color in it. Do you see my color? It's blue with polka dots. Take out your magic crayon and hold it up. The three-year-olds are like, yeah. The six-year-olds are like, I can hardly see this crayon, <laughs> you know, because it is a very young thing. And then you say, draw with me with your magic crayon, and I'm going to ask you what color. And you said, I like to look for rainbows whenever there is rain. Freeze. What color did you paint? And it's so interesting that once you get going on a color, they'll say blue, 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 blue. And the other a little girl that's a little bit, you know, spicy will go, mine was pink. <laughs> and like, okay, great. Did anybody have sparkles in yours? And it's like, whoa, I can have sparkles. Ready? Put another color in your magic crayon. And ponder on the beauty of an earth made clean again. What color was yours? And they're just hearing and concentrating on the colors that are coming out of their crayons. Then they have it put it back in their pocket, take it out with the other hand, and draw with that one. And it's all about the imagination. Children dream this is uh, one of the things they know dream in colors adults don't it's very rare for an adult to dream in a lot of different colors but sometimes they do but children almost always do and we 
unfortunately, it gets lost. And so strengthening that imagination, I can see the color that I just painted, you know. Which you are good at. That's still a thing my brain is working on. <laughs> but it's not about us, right? right? Like a lot of primary teachers that I know right. will teach to their own strengths. That's and true. it's not about my strengths. And so I know the kids need this. Yes. And so I do it anyway. Yes. And, and one of the reasons that is something that brings their attention to the music, because that's like a musical intelligence, is because you're drawing as the music is going. And it could be movement. You could say this movement. You know that there's a lot of crossovers between these different intelligences. But, but for some reason, the kids associate color with music. There are kids that hear music and say, oh, that's a purple color. You know, not all of us have that ability, but some of the kids do. It's... It's magical. So there you have three weeks that you've done it. But let's say you have three songs and you've only done one song three weeks. So what else can you do? Well, Oops, I Dropped the Pictures is one of them where you take those same pictures. Well, not the same ones. You cut apart the other pictures, but you take a picture or something that goes with a song. Whenever I hear the song of a bird, so there's a picture of a bird, or look at a blue, blue sky, there's a picture of a sky you know, those kind of things, and you drop it and put it out of order and say, I really need some help. It's so cute. A lot of times I've had a lot of people tell me whenever they drop the pictures, because that's what it's called, Oops, I Dropped the Pictures, the kids are so concerned. They run up to the front and they pick them <laughs> right? up. Right. They think you're truly mental sometimes. <laughs> like, I'll put them up on the board so everyone can see, but they're all over the room, all out of order. Uh -huh. Can you point if you can find this picture? And they're like, are you okay, Sister Ekman? <laughs> But putting the pictures into order as they sing, again, is giving them a visual reference. They take the meaning from that visual. They're hearing the song again and again. They're super engaged. And the more logical children, because logic starts at about age four, blossoms at about age eight, the more logical children will go, well, it has to be in order. It, it, we got to put this in order. Right. And, and it's so much more engaging than if you just put the pictures up in order and so walk them more. through it. In fact, they can literally disengage when you do that because they've seen it once, bleh. But if they're trying to put it in order, they engage again and again. Here's a little addendum to that. If the pictures are all up in order, you finally got it. And I say, I'm going to ask you to take a picture with your inside camera. And I'm taking down four of these pictures. And you tell me what colors they are. Don't look. And you take them down. And then you say, I'm going to sing it. And you figure out what's gone and what the colors were. And then they are literally seeing those visual things in their heads as you're singing yet again. Right. They really do internalize it. Just a couple of weeks ago, I did a similar activity and I was, okay, I'm going to start asking hard questions, you know. And I asked a very random question, like, how many spears are the soldiers holding in this picture? <laughs> and there's a little six-year-old boy who knew. Four. You just blurted it right out. Like, because they're internalizing it. That was how he and learns it's, You best. might not think that that's how they're learning the song, that they're just memorizing the pictures, but no, they are learning the, the music. music. Yes. Okay, so you've done that one, and now you have another one, and you're going, okay, what do I do this next time? Well, if it's a softer song, like one that's flowy and, and more smooth, you could use wind wands or scarves, and you literally either draw circles or the infinity sign, which is a 
eight on its side, or you can um, literally have it put in on your head, then they put it down on their hip, then they have to put it over on their shoulder because they are so close to those nursery kids who are just learning where their body is in space. There are three, four, and five-year-olds that don't know where their body is in space. You can see that because they bump into people. They don't know where their body is. And so it's really, really challenging to them to put the scarf in different places as you sing. And that one is amazing for them. So let's go to that movement again. The scarf is gentle, but what if you did something like pool noodles? Pool noodles that are cut in half in five inch lengths. So they're cut in half so that they're not no longer a circle. And then you cut those into five inch lengths and they can swish them together like this as they're singing the song. And it can be gentle and they can place them on their lap. They can put them together. They can swish them. They can hold them up one in the air, hold them up in the other. and one of the things that I just got yesterday, as a person said, I lost control of those youngers. That's because she didn't say, can your hands follow my hands? Ready? Up. Right. You have to let someone down. else pass these out as you yes. begin the activity, engage the children. Yes. Otherwise, you've lost them for five solid minutes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> because it's so much more fun to hold something and move it with it and then right. move with you. But if you're up there at the very beginning, okay. Let your hands fall. If you have yours, you know, follow do what I'm me. doing. Follow yeah. with me. Then you've got them. Right. They want to do what you're doing. And you give them the very brief, you know, safety mm -hmm. message of, you know what the rules are. We don't hurt each we other. We don't hurt each other. And there's mm -hmm. no, there's no warnings or chances. And you don't want to, you don't want to lose yours yes. because this activity is awesome. You do it with us. And it's a safe place. So that's why we do it. So to keep it safe. Yeah. And, and you're swishing them back and forth to the beat and you're hitting on your lap to the beat and you're touching your head and you're touching your shoulders. And already you've taught two songs for three weeks in a row with some different ideas. Once you see that I can use all these different ways to teach this song, all these different ways to teach this song and all these different ways, you just pick, oh, here's what we're having for dinner. Da, 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 and you just do it. And it's not, you do have to know the song. You do, right. Like we talked about, you do have to, you can't give something you don't have. So you've got to memorize the song, but you're moving to it. You're doing visuals with it in a way that makes them engaged. You're doing um, other kinds of things. One thing that we haven't mentioned is that works really well with younger children is story song. Because stories are another way that the children learn really, really well. And so you, you tell a story as you're singing the song. Like, I like to look for rainbows. Let's use that. So... Timmy and his dad were driving, and Timmy was staring out the window. He really wanted to see it. I like to look for rainbows whenever there is rain. His dad turned to Timmy and said, what, what are you looking for so hard? He goes, I really want to see a rainbow. And ponder on the beauty of an earth made clean again. All of a sudden, his dad pulled off the road, stopped the car, put it in park, and said, come on, Timmy, let's go. And they went up to the top of this hill right over there. I want my life to be as clean as earth right after rain. Timmy looked out and there on the other side of the hill was a rainbow. I want to be the best I can and live with God again. And that's the whole activity. And you're thinking, how does that connect the children to the song? The feeling of that story stays with them longer than even the song itself. And so even though that's all you've done is that simple story, that simple singing the song, and then you go on to the next week and do a movement with it. It's magical. Story song is magical. It is magical. And that's one of the things I've loved about using this method and these tools is 
you remember that the Holy Ghost really is the ultimate teacher. Yeah. And so you you do things that do the essence and the feel and the flow of the song. You make sure you engage them and you invite the Holy Ghost to be there. And you don't need to make sure that they've sung it 20 times in your presence. Right. Because they're going to make these, their little brains are amazing. And they're going to make connections all week long, all month long, as you sing it and repeat it over and over again. And the Holy Ghost, you know, they'll be sitting in school thinking about things. And all of a sudden, they'll remember that activity you did or... That and, feeling comes and back. And that feeling, hugely, right? Yes. I have a three-year-old whose dad came up to me, caught me afterwards, and he said, she is singing these songs in our home all the time. This little girl never sings with me, but she's singing the songs and, and making sure the family does the activities that they do <laughs> in primary with the songs, because those are her songs. Right. It's just... It's, you can't measure children and their attention to you by the way that you would measure adults. Mm -mm. You have little boys that are going to look like they are off in la-la land. They're going to be moving their bodies because that's how they learn. And you're mm -hmm. going to think, well, he's not engaged. He's not reverent. He might be paying the most attention at all. And it's the same with those yes. little three-year-olds. The little I, For me, it's usually girls that just stare <laughs> at me the whole time. And they I'm thinking, sing. I don't know if you or They don't participate <laughs> uh -huh. usually. You know, like they might, they might try or you might hand them a scarf and they might just kind of hold, hold it. <laughs> <laughs> but they are so observant yeah. and they are really taking it all in and you know doing it with their brain and then they go home and yes move around and think about what yes. they what they witnessed and that's especially true if you're you know engaging them and moving from activity you know no longer than five minutes yes yes and three different types of activities right like we've talked about where can you go to find more information about this kinds of things? Um, teachingprimarymusic.com is a blog that has a bunch of ideas on it for different songs. And um, hopefully I will get my book out there and redo a second edition. But for now, there's a first edition out there. So just saying, we only used three different intelligences this time. It was musical and uh, moving your body purposeful movement and visual intrigue but in all of those i i think it goes unsaid and i should be said you're probably stopping for just a freeze second freeze and you bear your testimony really quick in one sentence maybe two and then you go on and because they've been engaged they go oh she believes so there's the fourth one that is really really essential and the logic comes into it because of the patterns and all that kind of stuff. We'll talk more about all of those next time. Thank you for listening and a special thank you to Dana Carden for composing our music.